Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom Terrace, Hannah Woodward, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good to be here. Thanks. Awesome, awesome. And if everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. And uh, before we read this, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for allowing us to, to be here right at this moment. Uh, and you said you promised wherever two or three are gathered in your name that you would be here. So Lord, thank you for being here with us. And we ask you please to bless and protect every single person listening right now. Bless them and their families, all their endeavors. Uh, help us all to, to receive, to be to be generous receivers of your love and then even more generous givers that we could just share your love with every single person that we come in contact with. Every single person, Lord, please help us to be your hands, your feet. Help us to be your joy, your peace, and your love everywhere that we go. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And with that, Hannah, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? Sure thing. The reading is from... Uh, the Gospel of Mark. Jesus said to the crowds, This is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day, and through it all the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed that, when it is sown on the ground, it is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With May, such parables... He spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody loves hearing a good story, and uh, it's really cool how Jesus knew his audience. He um, he didn't really speak like religious, you know. I mean, he. He spoke the, the everyday language of the people and, and told them stories that, that they would understand. And uh, you know, I think we need to, I need to pray for that, that the people that I meet, whether, you know, obviously don't need to meet my family, but people in my family and people I meet every day, they're going to be in different spots in their life. And, and I, you know, I, I pray that I can be a better listener, that I can get to understand I think, except the end, it says he spoke to them as they were able to understand. 
So I need to pray, Lord, please help me to, to take my time, to be patient, to listen, to ask good questions, and help me to understand my wife and my kids and my parents and my brother and sister, all those in my family, all those that I meet. Help me to truly understand them. And then, you know, ask God to help uh, just with stories that can connect, that the people can connect with. Because if they don't understand, uh, you know, if I'm trying to share the good news and they don't understand, it's, it's, it's not, what's, what, what good is it, you know? So Jesus is uh, it's just awesome how he, how he connects with the people. That's interesting, Rob, because that's where I got stuck. I circled the word understand, and I came to understand that that's a gift of the Holy Spirit that we can pray for every day. And so every day of my life, in the morning when I wake up, I pray for that gift of understanding. And then I love the sentence that comes after that. Without parables, he did not speak to them. But to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. And I consider myself a disciple of Jesus Christ, and every day of my life I give him my all-in, my fiat, my yes— And I believe, not only in my life, but in all of our lives, Jesus is always speaking to us every day in parables, real-life events, real-life stories to teach us things. So I have so many God stories where God has just taught me so much. And, you know, just share one of them with you. There was a time I flew out to California, and I I took my Maui Jim sunglasses. And, oh, I love my Maui Jim sunglasses, and I really am protective of them. So I rented a car, and my wife and children, we drove to the hotel. And when I got out of the car, I thought, eh, I'm going to leave them here in the car and not take them in with me. And I put them in the center console area of the car. And then, you know, up to the room I went. But I noticed when I saw the valet take my car and park it downstairs in the garage, I thought, I don't know, man. You know, he doesn't look real honest, I guess is what I thought. But it didn't matter. I went up to the room. Next day I came down, got the car, took it, took it for a drive with the kids. We were going to go uh, to, to go visit something that day. And I reached down for my glasses. They're gone. Now, immediately I judged. Immediately I accused that man, I know it. I felt ill the night before. He stole my glasses. So I get this bright idea. I'm going to drive back. I'm going to go tell the manager, hey, that guy that valeted my car stole my glasses. Well, then the Lord starts working on me. Are you sure? I said, well, I'm 99% sure. Well, what about that 1%? Could you have left them at the restaurant? I don't think so, but, well, maybe. How about when you went to get yogurt? Could you have left them there? I don't think so, but maybe. I still think he stole them. So finally, the Lord convinced me to let it go, check the restaurant, check the, the yogurt shop, no glasses, but to let it go and don't go back and don't accuse the man. Well, I begrudgingly did that. So at the end of our vacation uh, there in California, we're taking the rental car back to Hertz to drop it off. Now, this is the God moment. So we drive back to the rental car And as we're getting out to go load our luggage into the bus that's sitting right there, a man from Hertz walks over and says, hello, folks, can you stay in your car and I'll drive you over to the airport and drop you off? I said, well, why would you want to do that? The bus is right there. We just load the stuff in. He said, oh, no, I'd like to do this service for you. Do you mind? I said, oh, okay. So I went to go around to get in the back of the car. And I noticed my wife, who always sits up front because she gets car sick, she gets out and she's going to get in the back of the car. I said, oh, no, sweetheart, sit in the front. And, and uh, she said, oh, no, no, you sit in the front. I said, honey, you get sick sitting in the back. Please sit in the front. She said, no, you sit in the front. 
I'm like, all right, whatever, clueless Dave. So I sit in the front, a guy takes us over to the airport. As I'm getting out of the car, I get an inspiration. Reach down in the pocket that's between the seats where you put your glasses and see if they're there. Well, now I can look down. I can see they're not there, but okay, Lord, I'll reach down and check one more time. I reach down and then come to realize that that pocket had a cavity that went backwards under the cup holders. I reach back in and pull out my sunglasses. And I went, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. Had that man not offered to take us to the airport, drive us there, I wouldn't have sat in the passenger seat. Had my wife not said, sit there, I wouldn't have found my glasses. And I'm willing to bet, had I not, had I been disobedient to the Lord and judged and condemned that man and accused him of stealing him, I'd have probably never got my glasses back. So that to me is a parable where God helped me to understand, don't judge, trust in him, pray about it, and let it go. And that that just is an amazing story, one of them in my life, which I consider how the Lord used a parable, a real-life experience, to teach me, don't judge. Don't judge. Pray and trust in God. And the words that I circle kind of touch on what you just said about trust. Um, He knows not how. And I think when I look a lot of times at the news, at what's going on in the world, uh, it just makes me wonder, like, where is God? What is he doing? And I know not how all this is going to play out. Even in my own life, like, how am I even going to be saved? You know what I mean? Like, I'm still alive. I'm still, I could commit who knows, anything. I'm a fragile human being just like everybody. You know, when we look at someone who's committed a horrible crime, you could just say, you know, there but by the grace of God go I. So a lot of times I'm looking at my own life, at what's going on in the world, and I say, I don't know, Lord, how this is all going to play out. I know not how. And, And what you're saying, Dave, is that trust, that God has it all under control, that somehow he knows everything that's going on, all the craziness that's going on in the world um, that we see in the news reports that it just seems like, you know, uh, it's becoming more anti-Christian as, as time goes on. And, I, you know, I guess I get worried sometimes, and how is this all going to play out? And it's these words say to me just to trust, just as God grows the seed and it, and we, it grows and we know not how, all of this other stuff is going to, he'll take care of and just to, to trust and and keep, you know, staying close to him. Kind of going off of what you said, as a Christian, I think we often get criticized by non-believers that how how can this God of yours allow so much evil to happen in the world? You know, why would he allow murder and ISIS and all these terrorists? And it says in this in this gospel, of its own accord, the land yields fruit, which our argument back to non-believers is that God gave us free will. And it's because of our free will that there is sin. And it's not that he is, you know, creating all this evil. It's that we as humans produce it. And, you know, by our own free will, either we're going to yield fruit or we're going to be barren. And to yield fruit, I think we need to take advantage of the things we have in this world, like confession and, you know, receiving the sacraments and, and praying. And in our faith, it's a growing process, as it says, after yields fruit first the blade then the ear then the full grain in the ear so like i said before it's just a growing you know you need it's like building steps in our faith but the, the but 
the guy had to do something. It didn't just say, there's a guy who stayed at home and slept and, you know, played video games all day and, uh, and stuff grew. He had to scatter the seed, right? So we have to, we have to cooperate. God wants us to cooperate, needs us to cooperate uh, for the salvation of souls, that he, you know, we got, we got to get out there. We got to plant the seeds, but, but then trust, right? But we have to get out there with love, with peace, with joy, with hope. Um, the, the world is starving, and if we can, you know, be an example of that uh, and, and invite people to that and then back away and trust, then that's a good thing, but we have to scatter the seed. And, and in a way, it's, it's kind of refreshing um, that it's not up to us to grow. It's not up to us, it's not up to, us to grow, but we have to scatter. And I think that's, that's an easy, you know, once we decide to do it, it's a conscious decision to plant the seeds, to, just to be out there, just to be available for God to work through us and scatter those seeds just with our lives, with our actions, with our words when necessary, uh, and then God can grow them. Uh, but we don't have to worry about the growth. We don't have to worry about the, the fruit. We just have to plant the seeds, scatter the seeds, and, and pray. And, you know, we look at our, our model, and that's Mary. Her fiat was a total, I'm all in, a total yes. It was a total surrender to the will of God in her life. I am the servant, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. So when we give our yes to the Lord, it's not just a yes, it's a fiat. I'm all in. And you're right, Rob. We're called to scatter those seeds. The seed represents the gift of faith that God gives us, the gifts of the truth of the word of God. So we scatter them wherever we go, in the grocery store line, you know, in the in the in the convenience store, wherever, in our families, the workplace, the community, the church, we plant, we are called to scatter, to plant the seed of faith, the seed of hope, the seed of truth, which is Christ, in the soil of the hearts. And then God grows that. We're also called to water and to fertilize seed that others have planted to help that growth, to help nourish that growth. So for me, I'm telling you, for me, it's I'm all in. I surrender to the Lord in my life. I ask him because it's not me that does anything. God provides a seed of faith. It's a free gift. And as you pointed out, Rob, God grows that seed in each of us, you know, and then we produce this harvest and then we produce more seed, which then we take and we scatter and wherever God takes us, it's awesome. And that helps build what? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God multiplies through our yes. And, and an example of that, an illustration is what my friend shared with me that changed my life. He said, David, he said, man can count the seeds in a single apple, but only God can count the apples in one single seed. When we plant that seed of faith, in the heart, the soil of the heart, and it grows and produces fruit. It produces more seeds of faith that are planted into more hearts, that are fertilized by more, by water, by more. And so that one seed multiplies and multiplies again and multiplies again. And that's the whole story of man counting the seeds in an apple, but the amount of apples in just one seed as it grows and produces trees, which produce apples, which produce more seeds... It's the ripple effect that will change the world. Amen. And I'm going to throw a question out, and I'll, I'll answer it just to give you guys a chance to, uh, or uh, I'll start the, the answer, give you a chance to think about it. But has God ever allowed you to see the growth? Like, so you planted seeds, and then did God ever allow someone to come back into your life and reveal 
the growth or the fruit in their life. Um, and that, that happened to me, as you guys are thinking of maybe a story you can share. That happened to me a year or two ago. We would do a gospel reflection in a nursing home. And there was a volunteer in a Catholic nursing home. And I figured, you know, this woman's a volunteer in a Catholic nursing home, you know, didn't even give any thought that she's a practicing Catholic, right? So she's there every week, and I'm there every week with my kids, and my wife would come sometimes, and we would just love on these residents. We would have the Gospel Reflection Group. We would just, you know, live live life and, and just have so much fun with the residents' joy and, and peace and hope and just sharing life with, with these folks. And months and months into this process, she pulls me aside, this volunteer, and says, Rob, I just need to let you know that, that I'm going to Mass again because of, of what I've experienced through watching you and your family live your faith. And I just assumed that she was going to Mass. And I loved her and, and just treated her as if, and I think God protected me from that. I think that's why he doesn't show us, or at least me, the fruit of the seeds that I planted, because I don't know if I'd be able to handle it, you know, because uh, it's pretty amazing. So, you know, he, he kind of pulled it back a little bit. And would I have treated her differently? I had a good friend who said he has t- kids older than my kids. He's all, you know, our oldest is a teenager down to five, and his youngest is, you know, my oldest, and he's got, you know, all teenagers and college kids. And he said, Rob, you have to love your kids as if. I said, what do you mean? They love them as if they've accepted Jesus into their life. Love them as if they're, they're on fire for the Lord. Just love them as if. Because if the, if, the, if the thing that you want the most for them is faith, love them today as if they had that. So if I knew that she didn't, this woman, this volunteer, would I have treated her differently? Probably, right? I probably would have tried to convince her or, you know, I would have maybe had that in the back of my mind, like, like kind of worried, like Tom, you mentioned anxiety and worry about how things are going. I might have that anxiety going on in my, in my head. I might have treated her differently, but I just, you know, God allowed me just to be, and he did the work. He did the work through me. I mean, it's amazing, Rob, because it jogged one in my mind, because the seeds that we plant, the seeds of faith, are seeds of love. God is love. We're called to love as God does, free, total, faithfully, and fruitfully. So that fruitfully is reminds me of when I walked out of St. Joan of Arc one day, and I had this hunger pang for a fractured prune sandwich. I began to salivate. I'm like, oh, man. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, can I get one? Absolutely. I can hear it in my heart. Man, I'm all excited. I get in my car. I'll drive over to the fractured prune. I'm all so, so excited to just bite into this sandwich. I walk over to the door of the restaurant. It's closed. The sign on the door. I'm like, yo, Lord, this isn't funny. I was really hungry for a fractured prune sandwich. But you see, God had another plan. Because when I turned around to walk away, who was walking towards me? But the owner. And immediately I went to prayer and I said, Lord, this is a God moment, isn't it? Yes. Then let your Holy Spirit speak through me. Let me hear what I'm to hear and share what I'm to share. So he walks over to me. We start a conversation. The next thing you know, for 30 minutes, he just pours out this anger at the Catholic Church. This, what this person said, what that person did, his wounds. He'll never go back to church. He'll never take his kids to church. Never this, that. It was horrific. And you know what God had me do? Listen. And then you know what else he had me do? affirm his pain, affirm his wounds. And when he finally was done getting all that poison out of him, the Lord had me take two fingers and touch him in the heart and say, God loves you. You could almost hear his heart open. 
And it started a beautiful dialogue. And it actually is what was the impotence of me starting Gospel Reflection almost six years ago. And then you ask about seeing the fruit of that that planting of that seed of love without condemnation. About seven years later, I was at uh, St. Peter Church here in Elizabethtown, and I look in the front row. My son was going to receive First Holy Communion. I look in the front row. There's this man with his child, and this child was going to receive First Holy Communion. Praise God. And when he saw me later on, he said, David, I want to thank you because of this gospel reflection and what you share with me. It changed his life and it changed his heart. So we don't know, but those fruit, the fruit, it's there. And I, I, I'm, I encourage everybody. It says right here, ask, ask, and God will explain it to you. What did you want to teach me? What did you want to show to me? How did you want to use me? Have that communion, common union with God. Go to the Father and ask him help you understand. What are you trying to teach me, Father? How do you want to use me? Please, that's the relationship God wants with each of us. And it says, he explained everything in private, and it's just that as, as a father, I, I long to have special time with my kids. You know, my kids call it special time, where it's just one-on-one, you know, you know, just having a catch, taking a walk, going out, you know, whatever it is, just that one-on-one time. So if I desire that for my kids here on earth, Pretty sure the Heavenly Father desires that with me as his son, to have that private special time. And what a great question to ask in that private special time, right? I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great for, you, for your kids to ask you those questions? Oh, Dad, you know, how, how can I learn? What, what can I learn from this situation I just experienced in school? Wouldn't it, I mean, as a father, our hearts would, would be alive if our kids here on earth ask us that question. Man, in that special time with the Father, ask that question, Lord, this is what happened. Why? What, can you help me understand this? How can I, you know, what do I need to do to change? That's, uh, well, that that's bring, brings up another God moment, Rob, because this one I totally didn't understand. I went pheasant hunting with my friends, and there were uh, three of us and the guide. And as we were going in the first field, as we were pheasant hunting, I looked to my left and I told my friends to my left and the guide, I'm going to go to the end of the field and stand and block the pheasants off so they don't run out the end of the field. But the, my best friend, my best friend, my closest friend was 12 feet away. I failed to tell him. I figured, ah, he'll know what I'm doing. Ah, he sees me gone. So I go to the end of the field and I stand. And when my friend got about 30 yards away, my closest friend, my best friend, a pheasant flew from his feet right towards me. He pulled up the gun and shot and shot me. Now, that day was a day in March because it was at a pheasant farm. It was pretty hot out. But for whatever reason, I had a leather vest on and I buttoned it the whole way up. Seven of those BBs hit me in the vest but didn't penetrate it would have killed me right through my heart, hit me in the chest. One of them went through my leg into my bone on my shin, and one of them creased my carotid artery. It didn't go into it, but it creased right along my neck. It started to bleed, but it didn't crease the artery itself. It didn't, you know, uh, penetrate it. So, man, I'm shot. I take my clothes off. I'm looking to make sure I'm okay. And a man had pulled up behind me. He stood behind me. And after I was shot, he yelled, I saw the face of God. I saw the face of God. He ran and hid behind the little four-wheeler. And so about an hour later... I'm walking through the field. I say, all right, God, what do you want to teach me? And this is the conversation in my heart that occurred. God said, I'm glad you asked. David, first, you have a failure to communicate with those closest to you, and it causes you a lot of problems because you think you know they know what you're doing and why you're doing it, and they don't. 
I'm like, wow, that's a good lesson. Second, David, the BB that creased by your carotid artery, I want you to understand how precious the gift of life is. Don't ever take it for granted and don't expect you're going to have tomorrow because you could have lost your life today. And third, David, I'm going to stand you in the gap between the enemy and others, and you're going to get hit but I'm going to protect you. And that was the vest that was buttoned all up that didn't allow those BBs to penetrate me and could have killed me. He said, I'm going to protect you. You're going to get hit, but I'm going to stand you in the gap. And I went, oh my goodness, three deep, deep learning lessons and all from getting shot in the field. But the key was I asked God in the privacy of my heart, that inner sanctuary, that inner room, what did you want to teach me? So ladies and gentlemen, Get that relationship with the Father. Ask Him. Seek that knowledge that He wants to give you so we can grow and learn. And do what? Represent His love. Represent His Son, Jesus Christ. My daughter, who's in first grade, was showing uh, my mom, her mom mom, all her test scores from this year. And she had a big binder of all the stuff from the year. And she was showing her one of her religion tests. And, um, and the question was, prayer is talking to God. And, uh, and I don't know if it was true or false. And and my daughter said, false, and, and she got it right. She goes, well, why is that false? Isn't prayer talking to God? Or it's only talking to God? And, uh, and my daughter's like, no, it's listening too. All right, so so many times we, we just yak, 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 and then go, right? And we don't give a chance, God a chance to speak to us. So uh, I'll just suggest to anyone, anyone, if you haven't tried it, just look up adoration chapels in your area. And just go. Jesus is exposing the Blessed Sacrament. He's there, and he's just waiting for us just to be with him. Let him love us, and let him speak to us, and just be. Don't take any books. Don't take any anything. Just be. And say, Father, I'm here. Love me. And uh, Jesus, what, 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 do you want to, what do you want to tell me? Just to close on that, yesterday I was at um, a stewardship of leadership meeting at one of our Catholic schools, and one of the topics was people who are angry with God for circumstances that happened in their life and they say you know why me and um, before the meeting I came across this quote that said people whose paths are more difficult often have a higher calling so that was really eye-opening for them because it's like well why is that happening because you're called to do something because of that circumstance right God's preparing you for the work he has in advance and even though we don't see it while we're going through it if we realize that it's like, uh-oh, wow, thank you, Lord, for preparing me. Thank you, Lord, for this test, which then becomes my testimony. May God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us 
at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.